Welcome back to the Big Blue Saloon, the football podcast that does not let the facts get in the way of good humor. I am Peter Storm, and as always, I'm joined by the man with the golden voice, Brett Merker, and the angry but yet happy D-man, Eric Diamond. Uh, Merck, how did it, you did a great job last week in the host chair, and I, and I appreciated it since I got to be able to uh, really give out my feelings uh, about Dave Gettleman and, and him finally being gone. And my, the feedback that I got from everybody that listens for me was I was the happiest I've ever been on a podcast. So I appreciate you taking the host chair last week. You did a great job. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you were very happy. Um, you know, big news last week with Gettleman and Judge. So we, we had to switch, certainly, for that one. Uh, I will tell you, though, um, all the respect to you. It's not an easy job. That's why you get the most money from all of us, you know, all the podcasters here. You get the biggest contract. You'll you'll be signed for a bigger deal because you were the leader of the show. And, and it was not easy to follow in your footsteps. Uh, you did a great job. We'll, we'll give the D-man a run at it sometime. We'll, We'll all probably need therapy after the D-Man does it for a week. <laughs> uh, this week, we are proud to be joined by our current college football guru for the first time, as promised, Neil Martucci. As we will start talking about the draft this week, as Kuyper finally uh, dropped his highly anticipated mock draft 1.0. Uh, Neil can't wait to give his expertise, but he's already warned me that most of his canned responses will be, you have to wait till after the senior ball. Neil, thanks for joining us. <laughs> thanks for having me again. I'm not used to all this niceness. I need to start like publishing some of our text threads. <laughs> uh, you, you and I have gotten along better lately, actually. I, I, <laughs> yeah, we have, we have too got... many similar opinions. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. You guys are getting along, and me and Burke are agreeing on everything. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's like it's bizarro world these days. More too, the other day I saw he's like. It was almost like that scene from old school when Will Farrell was the debater and, yeah. the, and, the, and the other guy said, I agree with everything. He said, you, you seem very disappointed whenever you agree with me. <laughs> it, it hurts me, but I got to be honest sometimes. Give me your credit. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Anyways, uh, we'll get to the draft later. Um, the most pressing news uh, right now is, is around the Giants GM search and coaching search, which actually leaked out a little bit today. Uh, the Giants have uh, started with uh, with the Super 9 uh, that they interviewed last week via Zoom. Um, they took care of their Rooney Rule obligations as well. And it seems like they're down, by all reports, they're down to three finalists. And, and much to my, I would say, shock, and I don't think anyone can disagree with this, they seem to be on the right path with some of these guys that they're talking about. Um, the three finalists is uh, Joe Schoen, from Buffalo, and I pr- apologize if I mispronounced. This is kind of like Robert Sala last year. I'm not really sure how to pronounce his name. Ryan Poles from the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, Adam Peters from the San Francisco 49ers. So three good guys from three great organizations are the finalists. Um, one guy that I like, Joe Moritz, reportedly turned down the opportunity for a second interview with the Giants. Uh, the rumors are the Ravens actually pay their – front office people really well and uh paul De- or the costa whoever the gm was said there's better jobs that might be out there for him in the future which i can't really disagree with um but these three guys uh seem to be the finalists and uh everybody has their opinion i think everyone pretty much thinks that it's going to be joe shown i'm not so sure about that uh d-man what's your opinion so far of the giants gm search no you hit it on the head uh i think the three candidates they have um going forward with their second interviews are pretty much the best candidates out there for the most part. And no matter who they pick, it's going to be a huge upgrade over what Gettleman was. Um, I also, if I had to pick my favorite out of the three, it would be Adam Peters because um, from what I've read is that, you know, he's had more of an influence on the picks since say John Lynch has. So I can't. But, Adam, yeah, I I was surprised Peters uh, agreed to a second interview. He he is a he's a West Coast guy. He also uh, there's a lot of rumors that John Lynch could be stepping down shortly. Uh, you know, Martucci, what what do you think of the? You know, you're you're a Giants hater, um, so I'm curious to know what you think of the Giants search thus far. I I do agree with D Man though. Is you know you need a guy that's had influence on the draft that's been a part of it it's always and it's going to come down to the same thing with the coaching search it's you know 
are, are you elevating all these people because of the franchise they're in? What did they really do to get that franchise there? I mean, you give me Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and I'll be a pretty good GM. You know, it's are all those pieces around there, or is there, are they just you know blessed with such talent around them? So you know, I, I, like you guys said, is they're on the right uh, they're on the right path. They're going to have their work cut out, but you know, you're pretty much starting with rock bottom. So, you know, pretty much the only way you can go is up. So I think it's a, it's amazingly, it's actually a good job for someone. So Merck, you, you uh, word came out today that John Maris told these candidates in interviews that they will have carte blanche to run the organization that he will not meddle. Do you believe that based on everything that I've been telling you and everything you've been reading? Cause I think, no, from, yeah, go ahead. No, I, of course, I don't believe it. Um, before I answer that, though, I just wanted to add to Neil's point. I, I agree with what, what you just said there, Neil. I mean, uh, you know, you look at the Baltimore situation, Moritz, for whatever reason, you know, does not want to meet with the Giants. But he comes from, you know, the Ozzie Newsom tree, right? Uh, Ozzie Newsom, one of the best uh, executives in the league. So who knows <clears throat> about all these players? I mean, what I will say is uh, whoever Mara picks, if it's one of these three, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a good pick. It's because the organizations they're coming from, regardless of if they were the ones that, you know, did the entire draft or they had something to do with, uh, the success of the team, you'd think that they had something to do with it, but they don't need to be an integral part of it to be uh, a successful GM with the giants. I think that they've learned from a great organization, uh, whether it's Buffalo, Kansas city, or San Francisco, you can't get much better than those three organizations other than maybe Baltimore, uh, and and at, at some point you have to trust that the organization and the steadiness and, and the history uh, is enough to pick one of these guys, regardless of how much influence they had. So I think, um, you know, Mara likely is going to want to have somebody that he can control a little bit. I think he's lying. Uh, but at the same time, I like the direction he's taking with the three picks that seem to be at the top. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm going to be honest here. There's a lot of rumors that a lot of people claim that, that the, that shown is the front runner for the job. I don't really believe that. Um, they thought polls was just getting an obligatory Rooney rule interview. I don't believe that either because polls is actually credited with uh, drafting uh, Trey Smith and, and Creed Humphrey this year, which from the chiefs, both uh, offensive linemen, which made the all rookie team. And we all know about the giants weaknesses on the offensive line. Uh, and Adam Peters is a good candidate. I mean, it, Adam Peters is, is appealing to the Giants because he potentially brings a Josh McDaniels or a Flores or, or even this, this guy, Mike McDaniel, who uh, you throw the lab coat on him. Uh, he's a hot candidate, too. So, you know, at, at this point, I, you know, I couldn't tell you and I'm being honest, I don't have a real feeling for which one of these guys is, is going to get the job gun to my head. I think it's going to be the guy from Buffalo, but that's only because he got the first interview. It's not based on anything else. And, you know, so. Who knows? And, you know, the Giants have been supposed to have been talking to him since November. Uh, so it's gone to my head. I think it's Joe, Joe Scone, Schoen, whatever his name is. Uh, and, you know, of course, then will he bring uh, Brian Dabble with him or, or Leslie Frazier? Uh, gun to your head, D-Man, which one do you uh, – which one? Do you, and I think the decision will be made this week. I think the Giants know they got to they got to get this done because they got to get a head coach in there before all the good coaching candidates are gone. Uh, D-Man, who do you think, uh, gun million dollars on this bet? Who's the, who's the GM of the Giants on Friday night? Well, like you, I don't have a lot of confidence in this pick. Uh, but for whatever reason, uh, I'm thinking Adam Peters. But, again, that's just a gut feeling. It means nothing more than that. So, All right. Well, that's, you know, that, that's really all there is to say on, the, on, on, these, on these guys. And, and at this point, I mean, th those are the three finalists. There's, you know, there's been some Jim Harbaugh rumors in there. I don't buy those. I don't think John Mara ever goes there. I don't believe uh, in the uh, uh, Brian Flores, Deshaun Watson thing either with the Giants. There's no way that John Mara is going to bring Deshaun Watson here uh, after what he went through with Josh Brown. So I think, you know, we by next week when we do this podcast, guys, I think the Giants will have a GM. What do you, Mortucci, you think that fits in? You think they'll have one by then? You don't want to rush it, but I think they have to. I mean, unless they have a kind of a package deal in place where they know they're taking showing, and as you said, that they're getting dabble, and there's no rush to it with you know Buffalo still alive. Um, but other than that, when all these other candidates are interviewing with all these other teams, you know, for the head coaching position and coordinator positions, you kind of got to get going. 
Yeah. So yeah. So as I said, we we should have something. Mercury kind of reminds us last year when Sala got the job after the podcast had just ended. I don't. Hopefully that doesn't happen tonight, and we got to do a special segment at eleven o'clock tonight. <laughs> it'll be it'll be you and D Man doing that. I'll be nah. D- 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 once once D Man signs off this podcast, he completely is off the grid. He's in bed <laughs> watching The Bachelor with the wife. He's he's done after uh, after this. So, anyways, that's on the GM side. Surprisingly, uh, some news started to leak out on the Giants' coaching search because they don't have a GM. But reportedly, they've reached out to the Dallas Cowboys for permission to speak to uh, defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. Um, I think that makes some sense because Quinn's the hottest candidate out there, and reportedly Quinn is on the list of all three of the GM candidates. But I, Martucci, I think this relates closely to you. The rumors are that Quinn is a very strong candidate in, your, in Denver. Yeah, I mean, now all the rumors are he's 1A and uh, Nathaniel Hackett's 1B. Um, they bought in Quinn right away. They... Um... You know, they interviewed him first. If you look at any of the Vegas odds, he's the overwhelming favorite. So, you know, all the talk is they want to rush to get him before, like you said, every other uh, team that's looking for a coach is looking to interview him as well. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Quinn. Um, I think that, I, I mean, if you look at, at the playoffs right now, right, and you look at who the coaches are, you know, for the most part, I mean, let's look let's, let's, at, you got Sean McVay. You got Kyle Shanahan, you got Zach Taylor, and you got Matt LaFleur. And ironically, LaFleur, McVeigh, and Shanahan were all on the Redskins uh, staff a few years ago when they picked Jay Gruden as their coach. But it's offensive geniuses or offensive gurus that are really a hot thing. So, And if there's a team that needs somebody on the offensive side of the ball is the Giants. So that being said, I, I my preference is a Brian Dabble, it's a Nathaniel Hackett. It's a Kellen Moore. It's it's that guy Mike McDaniel, somebody like that. Uh, if I was the Giants, so Denver's a different story. But uh, D-Man, what do you think? Would you prefer an offensive guy or a defensive guy? No, it makes sense for an offensive guy only because our offense has been so anemic over the last really five years. I would say. Um, again, I actually want someone with some coaching experience, but you know, I, I would take a shot. Had someone I like Dabble from Buffalo, um, but who do you who do you want who do you want with coaching experience? Are we gonna go through this Doug Peterson thing again this this week? No, I like Flores. I, I like what he did based with Miami. On what? Well, based on what? I mean, to me, to win eight out of nine, you know, when you start off one and seven, and and look, they have their offensive problems. They they don't have that much offense talent on that team, and they won their last eight out of nine. That's pretty impressive. Mark, and, what do you think? Do you agree with the D-man on Flores? I, I don't. I, I'm not that excited by him. I don't know why. Well, I agree that he's a very good coach, but by by all accounts that we've all heard, he's he's very tough person to get along with. He doesn't necessarily get along with his players. He had, you know, pretty well known, uh, you know, fights with Tua. Um, I have no doubt he's a good coach. I mean, the, the Belichick tree has not been great, um, but I, I think Flores is a really interesting guy. Uh, for for a team, I don't think he should be the Giants' next coach. Though I agree with you. For me, uh, it is Brian Dable or bust. I, I love that guy. He was the guy that I wanted. If they didn't get Sala, um, I think that that's your guy for the Giants. He's a perfect kind of guy. He's he's. Our, I I understand Western New York is different than you know New York City, New Jersey, but he's a New York guy. Uh, he 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 knows how to motivate a team. I, I love it, and I think. There's I, I, I'm, I'm going back to the archives of the podcast last year. I don't remember you wanting Brian Dabble. Well, I may not have said it. I said <laughs> it in my head. Um, I, I definitely wanted him. And and one of the reasons I wanted him is I see him twice a year against the Jets. Uh, and, and although it is the Jets, he destroys them. Uh, I, I think they're where there's smoke, there's fire. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Sean and Dable. I think it's going to be a package to the Giants. That's my prediction. I could be wrong, but that's what I'm feeling. Now, Neil. Now, lastly, you before we move on to the draft, uh, what do you what do you think? Do you, do you are you are you a fan of Flores as a coach, and and you think the Giants will be Joe Joe Schoen and uh, Brian Dabble also? I, I actually agree with you know Merker um, that he is a very good coach, and you know what D Man said, he's done great things. But do you really want to bring in a first year GM and bring in a coach with him that's known to 
you know, try and kind of overthrow and have issues with your yeah, quarterback, I mean, with your GM. That's he, my feeling about it. I mean, I, I, besides the fact, it's not like he's Bill Belichick, you know, if, if, that's a different story. You're not bringing floors causes some turmoil in your organization. That's the last thing. Giants and I, and I, you guys have said it, but I want a leader. See, I mean, for Denver, everyone's pushing for an offensive-minded head coach for exactly the reasons you guys said. But I want a leader. I want someone that could manage the game. You know, Dabble is known for what? He's, he, he developed Allen. Your, your head coach isn't developing the quarterback. So I want to know what that entire coaching staff is going to look like. All right, if Dabble's going to come in, who's he bringing with him as offensive coordinator? Who's he going to bring in as defensive coordinator? Well, he's not bringing Ken Dorsey because Ken Dorsey will become the offensive coordinator. Right, so so what's that full package? Because those are going to yeah. be the ones that call the plays. I don't want my head coach calling plays. Yeah, right, well, you know what? I just want to I want to echo that point. Sorry, Pete. Um, oh, no, go ahead, Mark. That That's a great point, Neil. I mean, to, talking about the Jets, I had the same feeling with Sal. I was excited about him. Uh, but no head coaching experience, and I love the staff he put together. Uh, Lafleur has been a- an excellent offensive coordinator so far. He's, you know, he he has really uh, expanded uh, his play calling. He, he's he looks good with Zach Wilson. I could not agree more. Who knows about Dable? Although I do like him, the staff that he brings in is going to be maybe more important than that. So I just wanted to echo that. That's a great point. And how much money? And how much money is John Mara going to let him spend on that staff? Considering Mara's paying. Pat Shermer, he's paying Joe Judge, and he's paying um, Jason Garrett. Is so he how- paying Bobby Bonilla, too? <laughs> yeah, he might be paying Bobby Bonilla. Hey, you hey, know, the so- interesting thing about uh, Dable is that Judge tried to recruit him in, back in 2020, but the Bills wouldn't give us uh, permission. Can you imagine if he was their offense coordinator yeah. at that point? I don't know. It could have been different. He, yeah, it would have been, been his career suicide for him. Because uh, if you didn't, you didn't, Josh Allen is a talent. I don't, you know, who knows if he would have brought out the same in Daniel Jones. I, I don't know. So we'll see. Uh, you know, it's an interesting situation. Uh, I can't wait till we actually can speak about one of them and 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 get some kind of vision. Maybe by this time next week, we'll have a better uh, a better feel of the of the GM and the head coach. Uh, moving on to the reason we brought Martucci here, Mel Kiper today, and I'm going to go through it. Mel Kiper today dropped. His initial mock draft, and, and, and it was it was been highlighted since Tuesday or when Monday he started talking about it on Monday. So the interesting part of the draft is the Giants and the Jets own four of the top ten picks, and if you want to add in Neil's Broncos, that's five of the top ten picks. So let's start with the Jets since we haven't talked about them all. And uh, Neil, I, I want to get your analysis first, and then we'll go to Merker. So Kuiper at number four has the Jets taking safety Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame now. There is no doubting how good Kyle Hamilton is. Um, he's been called a Swiss knife of a defensive player. He can do it all. But is there value at number four in taking a safety? I know how, Neil, I know how you feel about that. And then at number 10, he has them taking wide receiver Drake London of USC. Now, I don't have a problem with the Jets taking a receiver. I, I think it makes some sense, given that I've never thought that uh, Corey Davis was a number one, and I think Elijah Moore is a slot, and Branson Berrios is a slot. So they probably could use a big receiver, but uh, Martucci, you're better than, you know, pre-senior ball. I'm not sure Drake London has been a name I've heard as one of the top receivers except for Kuiper. So w- what did you think what Kuiper said about the Jets? What's your feeling about it? I mean, you said it. I disagree with both picks. I mean, London is – I see him a lot as the second-ranked wide receiver behind Wilson of Ohio State. So there's he's, he's a big type guy. What about Traylon Burks? But – I guess it's going to get to my whole ahead, point of this with both sides is that agreed. I, I don't need a safety in number four. They're not a difference maker. You can get one. See, I look at it all as a full package. You know, there's three ways you can get players. You're either going to trade for them, you're going to draft them, or you're going to sign them in free agency. So the guys that you can sign in free agency. Dave, for Dave Gettleman failed at all three, by the way. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's why he's, you know, hanging out. That's why he got four years in a, in a retirement send-off. Right, exactly. And that's why Joe Judge is having pizza and beer parties. Yeah. Um, Attended by David Phils Jr. and Riley Dixon. <laughs> but, you know, he, he might be the best player on the board. But when you have this many needs, you go you go for the guys you can't get in, you know, in a free agency or in a trade. You know what? You're not getting a Neil. You're not getting an Aquanu in a trade. There's no one that's giving up on a top left tackle, even a top right tackle. You know, that's how you get in situations with Nate Soder. If someone's giving up on a tackle, you know why. 
So, you know, I think the top three players, you know, without a doubt are Thibodeau, Hutchinson, and Neal. Um, I, I think Thibodeau might, might go, you know, one, Hutchinson, two, whatever. Texans, there's a, a lot of talk that they're going to take a quarterback, probably Stingley. And if Neil, Evan Neal falls to the Jets at four, even though it might not be the biggest need, you got to take him there. And I know there's a lot of, you know, talk and, you know, Merkel know much better than me about Becton and where he fits in and the problems, you know, and if you need to move him, pick up a couple other draft picks, he's a young tackle, you know, on a rookie deal, you can probably get, you know, a nice haul back for him, you know, it sets you up nice. Um, and at 10, I, I think the Jets go cornerback. It's another premium position now in the NFL in this passing game. The kid um, from Cincy, you think? Garner's, Garner's great. And he, you know, obviously his stock rose dramatically um, in, you know, the game against Alabama. Uh, not a bad pick. I have them going Andrew Booth. I, I think he might be slightly ahead of him, but either one is good um, if the others go before. But two, one of Stingley, Booth, or Garner is going to be there at 10. And, uh, you know, if you want to stop Stefan Diggs, if you want to stop, you know, uh, Waddle Waddle from Miami and, you know, whoever the Patriots have, you know, when they go. Patriots will have a number one guy. They're going to have a number one guy. Yeah. You need, If you can have that shutdown corner, remember what the Jets had with Revis? You get Revis that. Island. That's that's eliminating half the field. That's, uh, you know, so that's the thing where I think they go. Now, Merck, what did you think of uh, what did you think of what Mel Kuyper said? And then what did you think of Martucci said? Well, Mel Kuyper's an idiot, so I don't listen to anything he says. To In all fairness, honest. so is Neil. Nah, Neil, nah. you got it right. I, I actually agree with Neil. So I, I saw Kuyper's draft, and I, and I saw you know the pick at 4 and 10. So number one, uh, if Evan Neal th – this is obvious, an obvious statement here. If Evan Neal falls to you, that is absolutely the pick. That's the guy I want. Um, I think Becton – there's many question marks, um, not about, you know, his skill. He's definitely raw, but his, his injuries are, are not good. He, he is not taking care of his body. He's overweight. Uh, this could be a bust of a pick. And this Evan Neal, if he falls in your lap, you have to take him. And if by some reason, you know, Becton comes back and looks good and he's lost weight, um, you know, Evan Neal has played multiple positions on the line. I mean, maybe you turn him into the right tackle or I, I don't know, but you have to take Evan Neal if he's there. It's, it's an absolute uh, slam dunk. If not, um, I agree. Like Kyle Hamilton to me is really interesting and, and he does fit the mold of, of kind of that Salah, you know, linebacker uh, slash safety slash cornerback. They get, he picked a few this last draft. Um, but I think you wait on him uh, or you wait on a safety like that. I agree. I, I would not be thrilled if they took him. I wouldn't be d devastated because I, I, you know, everything I read about him, this guy's going to be a stud at the next level. But I think it's a little bit high for him. The Drake London pick um, makes no sense to me. I mean, he, they say he's like a Mike Evans, you know, Plaxico Burris type, you know, big wide receiver, which is definitely something they need for sure. Um, but, but Drake London, I've, he's the first person to say, you know, Kuiper to say Drake London, I haven't heard him to 10 at all. So, um, I don't agree with, with Kuiper. I do agree with Mr. Martucci. You take Neil, if not, um, you know, you, you, maybe you take, maybe you take, um, a, another offensive lineman there. Maybe you take, uh, um, you know, Charles Cross, or maybe you take a, a Quanu, um, you know, who I've seen. Quanu's not me. Quanu's not making it to 10. Yeah, no, I mean at four. I'm saying uh, if 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 Evan Neal is not there, I mean I don't know that, that yeah, Douglas you, will do that. If I'm the but, Jets, I, I yeah, I, I tell the Giants give me that, give me uh, give me another pick, and, and you can move up one for a quantity. Absolutely, yeah, do something there. And then at ten, you know, I, I'm on the fence here. So you read reports that you know they're they're going to maybe try to shop it around, which makes sense, and I think I'd be okay with that, depending on what they can get in return. But if they stay there. Um, I agree that cornerback is an absolute need. I don't think Derek Stingley, Stingley falls, so you, you're going to be looking at, you know, um, Booth or, or Sauce. Um, I would Gardner, be fine with Gardner. that. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, but the last thing I'll say is there's no question we need a receiver. We've talked about this in the text string. Um, the last two years, these rookie wide receivers have made a major impact in the NFL. And, and I know we don't love taking wide receivers this high, but if Douglas and Sala and LaFleur have their eye on somebody that they think is going to be a stud for them, then, then I'd be into it. I'd be fine with it. So uh, I, I more agree with Martucci than I do Kuiper.
Well, that's why uh, Martucci mock draft 1.0. When's that coming out? Not until after the senior bowl. You know that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> the the answer we, that's the answer I was waiting for. And the one so thing, anyways, I'll, the one have, thing have, I'll quickly add, just you know, ahead, kind of what Merker was saying is what I look at is almost like fantasy too of what's that next level. So if you don't get a wide receiver at number 10, okay, and you figure three or four will have first round grades, they're going to be gone when you pick in the second round. Okay. What, which of these guys have a second round grade? And there's five or six really good wide receivers that are late first round, early second round grades. So if you can get a stud corner there, still get your number one uh, wide receiver at, you know, first couple picks around two, that's a pretty good haul. And, you know, you saw Justin Jefferson go, you know, late first round. We saw so many of these others that really did fall and they weren't the number one wide receiver taken. Yeah, no, listen, I, I love that, Neil, and I you know way more about the uh, the available wide receivers that get second-round grades, so I'll look forward to hearing more about that. I, I'm all in for that plan. I just don't know enough uh, about the depth of the wide receiver class, it, it, but I believe you. Um, I would be fine with that plan. You go, you know, you go cornerback, you hopefully offensive tackle, maybe get an edge, uh, and then you get your wide receiver in, in the second round. Um, I'd be more than signed up for that. Yeah, moving on to the Giants, uh, Giants picked five and seven. Um, they're, they're in an interesting spot. Uh, I, you know, they have a couple of choices here. I mean, I, for me, they can't leave the, these two picks without either double down, doubling down on the offensive line or taking an offensive lineman and an edge rusher. And that's it, really. I mean, they, you can't take a safety. You can't take a corner. They should not be looking at Kenny Pickett. Uh, or 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 uh, Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis or any of the quarterbacks, they should be looking offensive line and edge rusher. So Kuiper with the Giants, like it, if this comes to fruition, it's a home run. I just don't think it will. Um, at number five, he has them taking uh, Ikemakwanu, offensive lineman from NC State, who Kuiper claims that uh, between him and Evan Neal is almost a 50-50 split among uh, NFL general managers. And then at number seven, and I and I, I actually and I actually think there's a chance they trade five, uh, because Carolina picking at six could be in the quarterback game. Um, and, and teams like Pittsburgh, Washington, uh, they need quarterbacks. But say they stay here, which is probably the most likely scenario, five would be Aquano. And then at seven, they have him taking David Ajabo, uh, edge rusher from Michigan, uh, who's an interesting player. And and I think if that happened, it would be a pretty good haul for the Giants. Um, as Ajabu is a, a developing player, and Aquanu, they would plug right in either at left tackle or right tackle. Uh, Neil, what did you think of what Kuiper did with the Giants? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess idiots think alike because I, I actually agree with him here. Um, <laughs> I think that would be a fantastic pick for the Giants at five. And, you know, we talked about it. We talked about it last year with Vera Tucker. I, you know, the versatile players are phenomenal. You take a guy that only played left tackle for his whole career and try and slip him over to right tackle, and it can get ugly. You move him inside to guard, it could get ugly. This is a guy that can play anywhere. You don't know, you know, if Andrew Thomas is going to last, and if he does, you still can put, plug him in somewhere else and have a you know starter for the next twelve years. Um, you know, obviously the Texans, what they do at three is going to determine a lot. I, I can't see someone trading up to five for a quarterback, but what do I know? Um, seven will come down to, you know, Ajabo, as you said, he's, he's a young guy. He just burst onto the scene this year. He had played what, 26 snaps before this year. And, you know, he's just someone that benefited from having Hutchinson on the other side and you'll have either him or Carol Um, and so he, yeah, as, yeah, as I, I definitely see this, the route the giants are going, is there any other players that you think could be in this ballpark for the giants? I do. Besides, you mentioned them, Carafitas. I mean, could they take Hamilton if he slips? Sure. Uh, not, they, that's, could, if, if, if there's one position on the Giants that might be not a weakness, it might be. But it does, as long as there's so many that do that best player available. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, Denver yeah. had eight cornerbacks going into the draft. And you know they took certain, and we were there. We, them remember, got hurt. we were. Yeah. We remember your reaction <laughs> to that pick. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and so you just never know, but I can see them taking cross also. Um, I, I I've also, say, I've also seen Linderbaum. Yeah. Um, Linderbaum. But, do you uh, take a center so at bad. number seven? So bad. I can't possibly imagine taking a center. I, he can be a hall of fame center. You, you tell me he's going to be a hall of fame center. I'll tell you he's a bad pick. 
I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Get, you can get the fifth or sixth best center in the league in free agency, be fine, pay him an extra million, $2 million, and that's still half the price of a tackle, and you're set. So why are you wasting a premium pick that you can get an impact player on a position you can fill in free agency or in the fifth round and yeah, have him as a plug and play for I a decade? I completely agree. Taking a center there would be completely indulgent. D-Man, what are your thoughts on Kuiper and Martucci's uh, thoughts for the Giants? Well, Martucci, this is uh, my question to you because, you know, I want the Giants to get at least one edge rusher. My question is, how much was Ajabo uh, helped by Hutchinson's play? Um, Because if he's out there without Hutchinson, um, he's 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 out there with Austin Jackson and Danny Shelton. Yeah, and I, from my understanding, he does struggle against the run as well. He's got a lot to like. He played 26 plays before, you know, this. And, you know, they all have – and that's the fun thing about all this is they all have their negatives. You know, you look at, you know, what's in from Purdue. He has 33-inch arms, so he's never going to be able to extend. He's never going to be able to do this. He can't bend like some of the other guys. But you want if you I love these guys that are ascending. They're still young. They still they're still on the upside. You get some of these guys that have played and you see it with the quarterbacks for five years. The odds of them getting taking that next leap are you know rare. And yes, I mean I'm sure if he was playing somewhere else without Hutchinson, he might get double teamed. He might not have had the production. But I, I think at this point, and I hope they watch enough tape, they evaluate enough that it's more than it's the physical tools. It's the technique that they're looking at at that level more so than, okay, everyone focused on Hutchinson on the other end. So we're just going to do this. Everyone's going to run away from him. So we're going to, you know, he's getting all these tackles from everything I read. He's just, he's another one of those great athletes and he's just he's an extremely hard worker he's a smart player and those are the guys those are the guys you want on your team it's good stuff uh d-man any other thoughts no i'm just in agreement with you that the giants gotta get an offensive lineman and an edge rusher and there's no need to i mean the, the giant strength is the secondary so if there's yes. a strength if if there's a strength now we <laughs> if there's a strength True, but you know, I have I'm 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 okay going into next year with the secondary they have. I am not okay going with the offensive line that they have, and the lack of pass rush. And plus, they, they have not been stopping the run. So, to me, those are the two glaring weaknesses, and they need to take advantage and, and get it really upgrade those positions in the draft in the first round. And I, Pete, Pete, just one thing for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to give you not my opinion, but my son Max, who I've told you before, is an enormous Giants uh, fan, and, yeah, and I we, told we, him, I told him we were going to have a conversation about the draft, and he wanted to, me to make sure to tell you guys what he wants is is for them to take two offensive linemen in those first two picks, and he wants to double down on that. He wants line. to double down. He said he has had it with his offensive line, like you guys have had. Uh, you know, he likes Andrew Thomas, but he wants offensive line, offensive line, and nothing less. He wants it fixed once and for all. Yes. But I, I agree with Martucci. You don't – I mean, there's a lot of buzz on them taking Leiterbaum, and I, I'm with Neil on this. There's positions you just don't take, and that's one of them. I, I You know, I, I, I just I, – I, I hope they don't do it. I could see them doing it, though. I mean, maybe – Neil, you know, what if they traded down from, like, 7 to 15? Is that still a bad pick taking him there, in your opinion? Yes. Yep. I mean, going with what Merker was just saying, you know what, if you can do that and trade down and, you know, there's the guy, you know, keep an eye on, you know, Bernard Raymond from central Michigan, you know, small school, but you know, he's, he's the guy that has just been, you know, lights out throughout his career there. Trevor Penning is in Northern Iowa. He's going to be one of those guys you're going to see at the senior bowl and the combine, Six seven, three hundred pound, three hundred twenty. I think you know, athletic. If you can get those guys in the fifteen to twenty range, you know, he might. They might even fall to you in the second round, and you're getting other picks. You're not that far behind everyone else. I don't take. I don't take a center in the first two rounds. You know, yeah, when you're no, a team, when you're a team that has, I would take a as much as the defensive back. You know, our strength for the Giants. I take another one before I take that. No, listen, they can. <laughs> You know, Bradbury makes $25 million or something next year after all the salary cap restructures that the Giants had to do week to week. I can see them trying to trade him, cut him, or 
or something. I mean, you know, so there's going to be something there. But look at the, uh, look at the wide we, receivers we, in that division. I mean, yeah, they have a yeah, pretty was, some really stud wide receivers that you got to cover. Totally. We we would be remiss now if you didn't give us your, you know your thoughts on the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, is Kenny Pickett the number one quarterback, or do you like Matt Corral, or do you like Desmond Ritter? Uh, Kuiperhead Ritter is his number one quarterback. I watched him in the uh, in the bowl game, and I was not impressed at all. Uh, when when the Senior Bowl ends, what do you where how, how would you rate the top five quarterbacks at that point, in your opinion? So you've heard me now say for a couple of years that if you want a quarterback, you got to trade up, you got to go up and get your guy in the top five picks because yeah, you, you know the top five ten guys are always the ones that make it. Yeah. So you know, well, look, well, with look, all my with look, all look my brill- playoffs, look at the playoffs right now. Five out of four out of six teams, right? Burrow, Rogers, uh, Josh Allen. <laughs> And Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and, and you're Brady, not wrong. And, and Brady. But with that said, well, Brady, yeah. With, with that said, I, I, I don't want any of these guys in the top 10. You know, <laughs> there, there's not a. So, you know, with all my brilliance over the last three years, uh, I'm, I'm wrong. And that in this, in this draft, you know, it's going to be Pickett will probably be number one, Corral number two. Um, but again, it's, it's what you're looking for. So you, you have a guy like Willis. I've seen, so far, I've seen. Pickett number one. I've seen Corral number one. I've seen Sam Howell, Howell number one. I've seen Desmond Ritter number one. I've even seen Malik Willis number one. And I've seen Carson Strong as, you know, a two, three, you know, so they're all interchangeable. So it all depends what your system is, what you're, what you're looking for. Corral's a little, you know, more of the run threat. You know, I think Sam Howell has more talent, but he was just God awful. So I, like I said, I'd probably go. Yeah, I mean, Corral. coming into the season, how they were talking about Howell's the number one pick. Right. And now and Spencer he's Spencer Ratner. Spencer Ratner of Oklahoma. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, now South Carolina. Um, yeah. But, you know, Carson Strong is going to is gonna vault up because of the Mac Jones comparisons. They're, you know, similar type quarterback. You know, Kenny Pickett had, you know, had a very solid year. Nothing spectacular. He had a lot better throws, but four years. But he's going to be 24 when the season starts. You know, I don't think Zach Wilson's mom turned 24 yet. So why do you want, you know, why do you want a 24-year-old quarterback just starting out? Yeah, Joe Burrow's 25. I was surprised when I heard that. And he he's an anomaly, and yeah. he's that's what you know. He was he yeah, was nothing yeah. for three years and just vaulted right. on the was, scene yeah. like a couple of these other guys, and that's what does it. Uh, so I take a guy in the second round. I take my shot on who's ever left out of that five or six in the second round. But like I said, gun to the head, picket corral. Ritter, Howell, Willis, Strong. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you have a chance to change that. Martucci will be with us between now and the April 28th draft uh, on a very, very regular basis. Uh, nobody knows college football, in my mind, better than him, except maybe Max. <laughs> no, I think Martucci wins. Yeah. And, and, um, I heard, and I heard you promised a live broadcast from my backyard on draft. Yeah, we, we are going to do a live podcast. If the D-man can drive up for it, we're going to do a live podcast on April 28th in the Martucci, Martucci backyard. Or worst case, or worst case, we'll just you know we'll we'll have uh, we'll have D-man call in and you and I will be live. Well, yeah, we'll have Neil Morris there. We'll have Seth Kaplan there. Uh, you know, Burke. we'll have we'll Burke. Have, uh, Maybe Marcus. Burke will say a few words. Burke refuses to come on the air. So yeah, yeah we'll be doing a live. Um, live podcast during the ter- what first ten picks of the draft, I guess we'll be doing. And, and a guest appearance by Dave Starr. Dave Starr has been on the show, but he turned down an opportunity to come on the show as well. So, um, that that's yeah. So on April twenty eighth, live from the Martucci backyard, we'll we'll be uh, covering the draft. And you'll, and you'll get to see me flip out when after passing on Fields and oh, everyone else you. last year that you, you, Broncos you were about took to a quarterback at nine. You were about to make us leave after that. Yep. <laughs> and, and now the Broncos are going to take a quarterback at nine. <laughs> Probably will. Uh, anyways, moving on. Uh, quickly touching on the playoffs. Um, uh, we gave our Super Bowl predictions last week, and I think we're still all alive, right? I mean, yes. I, I went out way out on a limb, and I picked Green Bay and Kansas City. The D-man copied me. I think, Merck, I think you had Buffalo and, and Green Bay. Bay. Yep. Yeah, Martucci, what's your Super Bowl pick at this point? We'll give you credit because uh, – I don't think any of the last week's. I don't think you were taking Dallas, and they were the only team uh, that was surprised with a surprise loss. So, who's your? I I think Kansas City's going to lose this week. I think wow. it's either going to be Cincinnati or Buffalo. I'll say Buffalo. Um, they look pretty hot right now, and uh, until he loses, I'm not going against Tom Brady. So, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. 
All right, so we we'll see how Martucci does uh, against against us. Uh, playoff like this week's uh, this week's playoff games. Uh, I was hoping for a blizzard, so I'd be stuck inside because there's some great games uh, coming up this week, especially um, Buffalo, Kansas City. I think it's what is that on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon? Uh, and and the other game I'm really looking forward to is the Rams and Tampa Bay. Those are some two really good games. Uh, Tennessee, Cincinnati. If I had to miss one game this week and I had to do something I didn't want to do, it would be during the Tennessee Cincinnati game. But I really could see Cincinnati winning that game. Uh, it would not surprise me. I don't know what you guys think. I agree. I mean, Joe Burrow is, is uh, playing out of this world right now. Great trio of wide receivers. Joe Mixon has been great. The defense looks good. Uh, Zach Taylor, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of head coaches up for coach of the year, but he's got to be in the top one or two. Demon. I don't trust Tannehill in a, in a big situation. Um, so that's why I could definitely see Cincinnati winning. The Buffalo-Kansas City game, I'm really stuck on. Um, Buffalo was really impressive this past week. But it's still hard to pick against Mahomes. Um, but it should be a great game. It should be very close. I could see it going overtime. I could see the Rams-Tampa game going overtime. Uh, could Stratford play well two games in a row? That's the, that's um, the wild card. Is Stafford going to make throw a pick six or two? That's going to kill them. That's that's the wild card in that game. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, Rodgers to me still looks to be on a mission. I would be absolutely shocked if the 49ers beat the Packers, but they can because they're very physical and they can run the ball and they have a pretty good defense. So Dallas you know, game, watching that Dallas game was just pure joy. I mean, oh, I hate yeah, Dallas. With all due respect to our Cowboy fans, I hate Dallas. Especially the way it ended. Yeah, I mean, CC Lamb went Odell Beckham on them. I mean, it was that was a tough game for them. So th- those are our Super Bowl picks still. Um, you know, this week's games are really, really good. Uh, you know, if you have to go out and, and, you're, and, you're, and your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend tells you you cannot, you can only stay, you, you can watch three of the four games. I think Cincy, Tennessee is the game I would miss. I don't know. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but that's the game I would miss out of the out of the games this week. I mean, I think San Francisco will be too, like you said, doesn't have much of a chance against Green Bay, but we'll play them tough. Uh, but you know, Green Bay can be rusty sometimes. Momentum. And San Francisco's got a lot of momentum right now. Except you know, Jimmy G can't be trusted though. Uh, the Big Blue Saloon Facebook page. We're still stuck at 198 members. We need to uh, start recruiting. Uh, the 200th member, as I said, would get a free T-shirt. Uh, Martucci, I'll get you a free T-shirt for your appearance today on the uh, on the podcast. Um, I still have to drop off Merkers. Uh, hopefully, I'll be in New Jersey this week weekend to do that. Um, now, before we go, any last thoughts? We'll start with you, uh, D-Man. Well, again, I'm still riding the high of uh, no more Gettleman, no more Judge, and I'm excited about the candidates that you know we we're, we should be picking from as far as general manager. So there is some light at the end of the tunnel. We're just been like, basically being a giant fan, it's like been in the black hole. We haven't seen any light at all. So I feel good about that. Um, frustrated um, with the Knicks that they lost yesterday. Have you been able to watch MSG yet? No. They still haven't. But I follow it. And, uh, but it, you know, it's, you know, there's, they are what they are. They're a 500 team. And, um, you know, they still, you know, really need a set point guard. Um, I'm curious to see how um, Reddish plays when he starts, when he's healthy enough to play. But not a point it's, still been, it's been a disappointing season coming from last year. Mortucci, any uh, last thoughts before uh, just, we let you go? Kind of just echoing on the basketball sentiment, you know. I know we touched upon it in the text drive. Aren't but, you a Laker fan? Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about a way to not construct a team and the way to over-GM a team out of contention. I mean, just look at them. And, you know, sometimes it's not about stats. It's about putting a team together. Russell Wells, well, Russell Westbrook was a square peg in a round circle. Merker and I both said that when it happened. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, you knew that wasn't going to fit. They traded all their young players away the last five years. You know, Anthony Davis has hurt every other game. I mean, that team's just a mess, and they're in salary cap hell. And, you know, once LeBron – You think LeBron will be asked to be traded back to Cleveland now? 
I don't think so. I think he just <laughs> rides. You know, he's just kind of riding it out till his son comes along, right? That's everything I hear. He'll play one year when if his son makes the NBA, and then he's done. Yeah, Bronny's a borderline prospect, from what I understand. Anyways, Neil, thank you so much for joining us here. You know, all joking aside, your college football stuff is definitely fascinating, much more than I know. You you've helped me become more into it um, and looking at the draft. This, this is what like. we this is what we got to do, and our teams suck. Yeah. Yeah. And now, and my, now my favorite part of the show is Merker's final thoughts. Wow, that's a tough act to follow. Neil Martucci and D-Man back-to-back. Um, I'll stay with a theme that I've done for the past few weeks. It, it is the Knicks. Um, this is uh, my, my first love is, is the Knicks, followed by the Jets. Uh, I was excited to get that Cam Reddish news this week. Um, you know, very good trade, uh, you know, giving up Kevin Knox, who obviously has no role in this team. Uh, a second round, or I'm sorry, a first round protected pick, which is a Charlotte pick, but they continue to move up the standing. So it's going to be a late first rounder. And you get a guy in Cam Reddish who unfortunately is hurt right now, but uh, a young guy, I think 23 years old, played with R.J. Barrett. You think um, Thibodeau will play him? I think Thibodeau. Well, listen, he might have to earn minutes, and, and either he's going to have to earn minutes or there's another trade coming, right? Because you're right. You always um, say that, but I, I don't know. I don't know either, but I can't imagine they trade for him and he's not going to get see the floor. Um, so I would not be surprised. The trade deadline's in a couple weeks here. Uh, if they move, you know, let's say Alec Burks or or one or Fournier or one of these guys that you know Cam is going to have to take minutes from. Uh, so I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, you know, all the Zion talk and and getting the you know the, that big three back. You know, l- let him lose 50 pounds and play a year before we start going crazy about <laughs> well, and, 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 let, and let that big three get past the final eight in the NCAA tournament where they lost to Taco Fall in, the, in South Florida. Whoever yeah, exactly. Let's just relax. Knicks fans get insane sometimes. I mean, it's not just Knicks fans. It's the me- stupid Florida media State. that – Yeah, so, I mean, I am excited about Cam Reddish. I mean, D-Man said it. They, they still need a point guard. Uh, D-Rose – being hurt definitely hurts but listen he was only playing a half anyway because of his knees uh Kemba looks good but you know I I mean he he's good one game he's bad another game and then Um, he's out nine games and then he's out nine games you hear the Jalen Brunson rumors you know today they said uh you know De'Aaron Fox is probably going to stay but that's probably just so they can uh get a better package I don't want De'Aaron Fox I agree with Burke um I would like Jalen Brunson at a cheaper price uh, but we'll see. It's going to be an interesting couple weeks. I mean, it's frustrating, though, to be a Knicks fan. They look really good. And, and like uh, D-Man said, they're a 500 team, you know, losing back to back to the Hornets and the T-Wolves. That, that game last night was brutal. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we have a couple of winnable games coming up. Uh, you know, we play the Pelicans tomorrow and I'm calling the Clippers a winnable game just because it's at home. Uh, and followed by the Cavs, and then you go to the Heat. So you got to win, I think, these three games, and going into the Heat, um, you're likely going to lose. Cavs, if not- the, Ca- the Cavs are one of the top four in the East right now. Yeah, that's a good point. So maybe go, you know, so maybe we hope for two and two and, and hope not for one and four, but or one and three, rather. But uh, I'm excited about the rest of this season. Your dogs must really be pissed at you right now that you said the Knicks were your first love. Just saying. That's a good point. So, you know, just taking from uh, Merker and with the Knicks, uh, painful uh, game. I think the game that got to me the most was Charlotte, right? They played a really good game. They had beaten Atlanta. I think they'd won the game before that, too. I don't remember who it was against. Coming against Charlotte, LaMelo Ball's not playing. It's Martin Luther King Day, which a lot of magical things have happened to the Knicks over the years, including the Trent Tucker one second shot. A lot of great performance by Patrick Ewing, and they just throw up a clunker. I mean, it was just they were never, they were never in it. Uh, and that was disappointing. And then last night's game, they played hard. Um, but, I, you know, you can't underestimate the fact that Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell are better than anybody on the Knicks. So they had three players that are better than anyone on the Knicks. So it wasn't a surprise to me that they lost the game. Um, the rest of the season's about, to me, is about developing the young guys, making a trade for the point guard. I know we keep hearing about Jalen Russell, uh, Jalen Brunson, and, and uh, De'Aaron Fox. I've actually heard rumors say that De'Aaron Fox heading this. Uh, Indiana for uh, Deontay Sabonis. Uh, see if that happens. But I, uh, usually, when you hear names, it's a third guy, like somebody we haven't thought about um, that could be coming to the Knicks as a point guard. But they definitely, once and for all, like the Giants need to figure out the offensive line. The, the Knicks need to figure out point guard because they haven't had a good one since Mark Jackson. Why can't the uh, Knicks go out and make a big splash in free agency? I mean, because, because you're, you're New York. Because the years they have cap space, they suck. 
uh, and or or there's no good free agents like this year. I mean, I, I you know I I was sure Kevin Durant was coming. I was I was sure of it, and and that just I, I remember I almost drove off the Tappan Zee Bridge when I heard that he signed with the Nets. The the good news is that you know I, I think Pete will agree with this. You know, I'm feeling very confident with Leon Rose and and what yeah. he's done so far. I mean, maybe they're turning it around. Um, maybe they're becoming more attractive because you're right, Neil, it is New York. Um, but, you know, remember, we talked about this last year, actually, you know, with COVID over the last couple of years, New York does not become that attractive. I mean, now it's just, you know, people are starting to go out more and go, you know, uh, the city's back alive. But I mean, between the Knicks sucking and, and you know, the taxes and, and COVID, I, I just – and traffic and, from White Plains to the Garden, it once took RJ Barrett three hours. I mean, yeah, it's not as attractive as it used mm-hmm. to be. It, what it'll be attractive again if they can win a couple rounds in the playoffs and you know, uh, you know, really get some consistency here, and then you're going to see free agents come. But um, I, I agree, Neil. They, it, they should be able to sign somebody good. Speak, speaking of attractive, I got my uh, I ordered the book that, that just came out called Blood in the Garden. Oh, cool. Play, the Flagrant History of the 1990 New York Knicks by Chris Herring. Um, this book has gotten a lot of good publicity. I ordered it yesterday. I got it today. And I'll probably read it sometime between now and 2027. <laughs> but, at I, but at least I have it in case I ever want to read it. Um, so that, that book came today. So I'm excited for my for the book. Um, I'm excited for the new season of Ozark to drop yes. uh, in, in the next, uh, next few days. I finished Cobra Kai, the greatest show ever. So, you know. Those things are good, but need the Giants to hire the right GM and coach, and hopefully by next week we'll have that. Um, anyways, that's it for tonight. Another great show. Um, you know, Neil again, very. You know, Neil was uh, Neil with the college with the college football. The D man was on the, his A game. The Merker back in his comfortable seat in the analysis chair. Maybe we'll have some Jets to talk about at some point. Um, but you should be happy. There's some stability in Jetland there for you, Merker. I'm very happy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it, not a great season, but we're headed in the right direction. So it's closing time here in the saloon this week. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. For Neil Martucci, Brett Merker, and the D Man, I'm Peter Storm. Until next time. Yeah.